Right, yeah, I was like, babe, it's a battle. They're supposed to be mean. <laughs> All right, I'm here with Golden Child. He's cutting my hair, so you're going to hear buzzy buzzes. I was not intending this to be a podcast, but the content is too good, and we're in the barbershop, so we're supposed to do barbershop talk, right? Yeah. Thank you. We are talking about who won the battle between Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. I know immediately some of you are already like, who cares? How does that glorify the Lord? It doesn't, guys. <laughs> Not at all. Okay, there's nothing God-glorifying about this battle. And guess what? There's nothing God-glorifying about that football game you just watched and you <laughs> sat around for four hours debating about. So you know what? This is my football game, okay? Oh, I like that you're playing Tribe in the back right now. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to save my thoughts. I'm going to hold my thoughts. I'm going to let you say your thoughts. So, well, hold on. Actually, yeah. let me at least backstory because I know I have fans that might tune in that aren't really privy to what's going on. Obviously, Eminem, arguably the biggest rapper on the planet, dropped Kamikaze, uh, kind of taking shots at everybody. But the very first one to respond was a Cleveland white rapper by the name of Machine Gun Kelly. And his response came, I think, almost like two days, right? Yeah, like it's like two days right after the surprise album drop. It's pretty close. It was really it was a fast response, coupled with a video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then once that once that came out, his song went to number one on iTunes. Yeah. So and I, I think kind of the first initial things that people say said was, "Machine Gun Who?" Yeah. Because a lot of people he wasn't on the radar. I've known about him. He's been out for almost ten years, I think. He never really had a, like a straight hit, hit. But he's not when he was twenty. How old is he now? He's up there. He's pushing thirty. Okay. Yeah, I think he's been out for like about ten years. But anyway, uh, he's never had like a huge hit of any real sort. But he's been signed to Diddy's label forever. And supposedly the beef was stemming from his commentary six years ago about Eminem's daughter in a tweet. So uh, he made a response really fast called Rap Devil. Sort of a response to Eminem's song a couple years ago called Rap God. Uh, So yeah, like I said, nothing of this glorifies the Lord. (laughs) Let's just get that out the plate. Let's just get that out the gate right away. Um... But I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised by his response because I don't think anybody was expecting anything. I think a lot of people were just like, dude, it takes guts for you to go at Eminem. Yeah. Out of all the people he took shots at, he was the only one that actually responded. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not true because Lil Pump and all the Lil Rappers were like, eat this me. I'm so, I'm so, uh, they're, no, they were actually like, they were like, it's an honor to be dissed by Eminem. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Enough backstory. What are you, what is your thoughts on it? Um, I was actually I told a friend of mine I said it's the first actual diss track against him and then it was actually decent. Like you go back to the Benzino beef or the Ja Rule beef and it wasn't really that impressive. It was actually kinda eyebrow raising. I was like, Oh, okay, you know, he's he's going at him and kinda like what you said, I mean I had heard some of his songs but I didn't really I didn't even know what the guy looked like. Um, and the only reason I heard his songs is because they'll come on sometimes here at the barbershop. So I recognize the song but Kind of like what you say. I was like, Machine Gun Who? I mean, even though I was familiar, but it was like kind of fire under the radar thing, you know? Yeah. 
I think I think it would be interesting to side note that me and you back in the day, not even, yeah, I guess it was back in the day. We used to be in the uh, the local battle scene. Not this kind of battle. It wasn't song versus song, but this was like freestyle battle. Thirty seconds. You don't know who your opponent is. You got a freestyle, mm-hmm. and you have thirty seconds to rebuttal. And I thought the one thing that was so interesting about the time is we both being believers. Obviously, our battle tactics were different. Yeah. Um, we didn't, you know, resort to colorful language. I did. I do remember you saying one time a guy's boots were ugly. That was kind of mean. Did I say something? Yeah, you said you with your big old boots. Did I really? I didn't sound like someone say, but all right. <laughs> you you said something about fruits and you're riding fruits with boots. Huh. You said, how you gonna talk with your big old boots? I I only remembered it because you said big old. <laughs> Not that this was what this was the Dina's battle, the Dina's oh, okay. dance party battle. Anyway, so back in the day, I hate using that phrase, so played out, but it is back in the day. Me and you would always finish. One of us would win the freestyle contest. The other person would win the battle. Then the other time it would be the other person would win the freestyle contest. And I never forget our local radio station was like, I don't know how to explain it. Two guys that don't cuss and our Christians are the two best battle rappers in the town. Didn't DJ Quest tell Bubba Sparks? Yeah. Yeah, when we do the battle raps around here, the two best battle rappers and freestylers are two white Christian kids. He goes, goes, they'll tear you apart and then give you a hug. (laughs) Because it doesn't make any sense. So, now, I guess maybe we could even talk about, like, I know there's still some people that are like, well, how can you, by nature, battle as a Christian that if it's about boasting, that should go against what your speech should deliver? You know, how can mm-hmm. you battle as a Christian? I think that is a good point. That is a good, valid question. But you can battle and not be resorting to those tactics. Yeah. In my humble opinion. And I've always kind of looked at it as if I walk up to you on the street and I punch you in the face, I'm going to jail. Because that's assault. Mm-hmm. But if we go, okay, I don't know you, but we're going we're gonna to have a boxing match. We're both put on gloves. There are certain parameters and there are certain rules that we're going to follow. And we'll square off for this amount of time. And we'll declare a winner at the end. That, to me, is what battling is. That's the difference between dissing somebody or battling somebody. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. So if I go on wax and I just call you a big, ugly poop head and say that your boots are ugly, I think that's over the line. If, if we both want to square off in the sense of snapping on each other, maybe, or... You know, I, I give props to those guys like, what's his name, Loso Che? Do you know him? Yeah. And like A Ward, and who's the other guy, Saga? Like those, and, and of course, the Free Daps guys, like those guys really represent in that battle arena. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, I've hijacked your speech twice. That's good. You're good. I just want to get that out of the way because I already know, I can already see the argument yeah. starting. So I have to, like, talk about that. Well, it's funny because I, I um, even though I probably could battle, I've kind of strayed away from it just because of a lot of the backlash on it. Yeah. But I see I see both sides of it. Um, I like your analogies right there. It's pretty pretty good. Um, and it's definitely not for everybody. No, it's not. 
It's definitely a, a, a hip hopper's hip hopper art form. You know what I'm saying? But this MGK Eminem thing isn't even remotely close to that. This is two guys just lobbing insult-filled songs at each other. Correct? Yeah. Can I just say one other thing? What's that? If you boil it down to its core, diss battles are nothing more than two grown men writing poetry about each other <laughs> in separate rooms. It's pretty funny. It's <laughs> pretty true, though. Sorry. Anyway, please continue. Um, you know, and then, I honestly, after watching the the Eminem Sway interview, I didn't think he was going to respond. And then the next day after the interview drops, the diss track drops. Yeah. And um, at first, you know, definitely thought it was good. I definitely thought he won the battle, but at first I didn't think Eminem came hard enough. And then... Um, Can I stop you there? Yeah. When people say, I don't think you come hard enough, what does that actually mean? When people go, yo, that's not hard enough. What... There's not a physical structure so, to a song. No, oh, you can't grab and silly. hold it. Well, no, but I mean, for real, what would constitute coming? Is that yelling louder? No, no, no. I, so when he had the beef with Benzino back in the early 2000s, when he put out Nail in the Coffin, there was no question in your mind that the battle was over. Like after I heard Kill Shot, I said, well, MGK may have a response and this thing's going to keep going. Where when I heard Nail in the Coffin, it didn't matter what Benzino said after that, it was over. True, but also let's be honest. Him against Benzino was like you know, yeah, yeah. a hamster versus an elephant. Like there wasn't yeah. really any. Benzino yeah. has never been known for much, much less of battle rap. But you got to think. Not only did he end Benzino's whatever rap career that was non-existent, he put the source out of business, which was the one of the at the time the greatest hip hop magazine ever. It was like the Bible of hip-hop music, and he put it out of business. But do you think he put it out of business, yes, or did they did. put themselves out of business? Because no, there's no magazines left anymore. Yeah, but this was before all that was going on, because even after that, XXL had a good couple of years, because in you know, Aftermath and Interscope and all those guys brought their business to XXL. Um, so. yeah, that is an interesting thing to be said, that I think in this day and age when people go... Yo, he about to end your career. I don't think in the internet world no, it doesn't you can end people's end. careers anymore because no. there's a fan base for everybody. Yeah. So that's one thing I noticed about the battle was... Although last night MGK got booed off stage at his concert. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he performed uh, Rap Devil and the crowd booed him off the stage. Couldn't even finish the song. Where was this? Uh, yeah, I guess he's on tour opening up for Fall Out Boy. And um, really? he got booed off stage. He did his set and then tried to close it out with that, and the crowd booed him off stage. Oh, <laughs> so. well. <laughs> where do you do it? Like Detroit or something? I don't know. You got to think, Eminem, he's... No, I know. There's no know. question. I mean, that is another thing I noticed, because I swear, here's when I realized this battle was not just some rap stuff that I was going to talk to you about in the barbershop. I was in Kissimmee on Friday when mm-hmm. it dropped. When the, when the thing dropped? Yeah. And I walked up to my hotel room, which was outside, and there's a guy sitting on the... Your on hotel the, room was outside? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a campground. I didn't want to talk about it. Uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> you want to talk about it? Campground, let's talk yeah, about it. Yeah, talk about it. Um, no, it was a open where you walked outside when you gotcha. went outside. Okay. So the guy was sitting smoking a cigarette around the corner, and as I walked up, sure enough, he's got his phone out, listening to it. To kill shot? Yeah. And he was just kind of sitting there, and I, I was like, we kind of gave each other the bro nod, <laughs> the rap bro nod, and uh, and I 
I said, Kill Shot? He's like, yeah, man, I'm just listening to it now. And I was, I was walking by him, and I don't know if I said something like, well, I think it's over. I don't know. Anyway, it was like in that half second, we were both like, yeah, we get each other. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, oh, it's just an isolated incident. Sure enough, I get up in the morning, dumb early, 7 a.m. I'm walking across the street to the Starbucks. The roads are deserted. Guy pulls up at the light. What's bumping out of his car? Kill shot. Kill shot. Now, granted, Kissimmee's probably a little more yeah. urban, so to speak. But still, then I was like, oh, this is like, this is everywhere. Yeah. This is the battle that people are going to talk about, you know? I think it's good for hip-hop. Okay, why do you think it's good for hip-hop? Because um, white people are beefing with each other? It's white on white crime? <laughs> That's what it is? We need, like, our own version of Al, so, Al Sharpton to step in. MC Search, he's going to be our broker for peace. So I don't, like, to sound like an old man, I don't consider mumble rap hip-hop. But mumble, I don't think so, most people would. So, but here's the thing. So mumble rap is its own thing. Yes. And, like, one of the guys I work with here at the shop made a good point. He goes, well, these guys are not rappers. They're artists. So yeah. whether they quit, to them, you know, at the shop today, he said, to them, fame is more important than, than a rap career. Oh, yeah. So as long as they're making money All on sizzle, no or Instagram or whatever. So I think it's good for hip-hop in the sense that it's going to bring back a core audience to hip-hop and maybe bring hip-hop more back center than it's been over the last five years. You know what I mean? Or maybe it just meant those people that have been frustrated all of a sudden were interested again. Maybe the older generation Possibly. that came up on more yeah. lyric-driven... I mean, I think there are people that are Eminem fans because, say bunch of girls they just like the way he looks mm-hmm. or maybe he they came up when he was you know they were kids or maybe they're into the angry Eminem version or they're into the silly Eminem version you know yeah but this was interesting because I listened to somebody talking about the battle and there this is what the argument was they said Machine Gun Kelly made a better song but Eminem had better verses well, so depending on what you looked at, like what you value in hip hop, mm-hmm. depends on who you think won the battle. Because if you're into lyrics, beat choice and hook is like kind of matter. irrelevant. Yeah, that's funny. I had the same conversation with my last client. But if you're into beat and hook, lyrics are kind of, you know, take a backseat. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I think, too, if you're younger, you know what I mean? But the, you know what the saddest thing I heard about it? This guy, this this commentary was essentially saying, oh, you're being too complex. You have too many, you're making me have to go back and rewind and listen to what you said. And it wasn't like, that's a compliment. It was, that that hurts my brain. Yeah. I'm like, really? Are we this dumbed down? Yeah. Are we really well, this dumbed down as a society that you know, it hurts your head to rewind? Being that I work at a barbershop, we have all kinds of people that come in here. Yeah. And this young kid came in Friday, like right after it dropped and didn't know what it dropped. He's 20 years old. And he goes, well, it doesn't matter because Eminem's irrelevant. And I said, why is Eminem irrelevant? I said, he dropped Kamikaze and went platinum in an hour. He goes, that doesn't matter anymore. He goes, he's got no followers on SoundCloud. He's got no followers on... He started naming all these social networks because this this generation cares about... That's their Follows sales. And likes. Yeah, that's, that's their true. Sales. That's true. And so it's just two different mentalities here, and I couldn't even rebuttal that because it's a totally different mentality. Here I am thinking, well, yeah, a forty-five-year-old man just murdered the rap game because he dissed everybody and went platinum in an hour. To this kid, it didn't matter. Not unless you 
you yeah. know, 100K on SoundCloud. Exactly. Yeah. So that was interesting. That's what I talked about in my previous podcast when I said about the Eminem NF stuff. Well, did you hear his subliminal diss at NF on his album? Well, I did a whole podcast about it. I think and you got, dissed him. And I got a huge response about this from many levels. But the main thing that I was saying was that if you say, well, he's irrelevant, then you know what? To you, he's irrelevant. You know what I mean? And if you think he's irrelevant, it doesn't matter what he says. Yeah. You've already declared the winner. And I think that's the thing about music is so subjective. It's like, it's you know what? It's like when we would do those battles, remember? And they were by audience applause. Yeah, whoever had more friends in the audience won the battle. Yeah, it it took a superhuman effort to make the crowd love you if they had more people. Like, you would have had to win so decisively. Yes, I agree. To sway the crowd. And that's how we would go in there. Like, we're not going to go mediocre because this guy's going to bring 40 of his boys to, right. and the funny, to shout him on. The know? funny thing was how the night, as the night progressed, how the crowd just got smaller and smaller. Because yes. someone would lose and all the people would leave. <laughs> You'd start the night with 100, 200 people in there. By the end of the night, there's 20. Yep. You're like, I won. And then, like, three people clap. Or how many times did guys lose a battle and go, I didn't lose, let's do it again. Yeah. And and that's a good picture of the way the battles are now, especially with social media, because everybody's the everybody's the audience now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <sighs> this makes you mad. No, it's just to make you feel like old man on the porch. Yeah. Get off my lawn! <laughs> <laughs> Get away from my petunias. You know, it's like at first I got really mad when like you had the Dot and King of the Dot and all these different rap leagues doing their acapella raps, and I thought that was garbage because it's like anyone can rock rap out acapella. You can't tell if they're on beat or not. And now I actually prefer that to the stuff that's going on with the rap beef. Well, you know, it's funny about most of those battle leagues is they don't declare a winner. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, most of those battle leagues now, their thing is... They don't declare a winner. I shouldn't say most of them. I said some of them. They don't declare a winner because they actually get more views and likes if the audience fights it out. Really? That, well, that's interesting. Yeah, because everybody wants to tune in and go, oh, I think so-and-so took round two, the other took round three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. So I think most of this stuff now is just, gets tried in the court of public opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. But, and it's a really long lead up, so who do you think won? I think him won. Yeah. And actually, uh, a friend of mine was just in here and showed me a video of someone actually breaking down all the bars. There was stuff in there I never even caught. Like what? Um, R. Kelly? No, I knew that oh. from, the, from, the, from the album, but on the diss track, Kill Shot, like I guess... Even the first line, I thought it was kind of whack when he said watching A Mile on a Norda track. Yeah. But I guess it was a direct reference to the fact that Machine Gun Kelly said the only time, the last time he right. went A Mile was on a treadmill. So, right. like, these different things. Oh, that no, I was he's, like, look, he yeah. took everything he yeah. said. And he took it just like a battle rapper would rebuttal yes. line, rebuttal line, rebuttal the line, rebuttal the line, rebuttal. how much rebuttal. more there was in the song. Right. And the fact that you're, see, and this is what's another thing I read about while I was listening, they were go. They actually said, oh, MGK's first line about saying his beard was weird, that's a better battle line 
than him rhyming handgun with man bun. What? And I'm like, because they said the average person can grasp, your beard's weird, man. Okay. Versus handgun, man gun yeah. with a man bun. Yeah. You don't understand, son. Like, they were basically saying your complexity works against you in this battle because the average person yes, has the yeah. educational level of an eighth grader. Well, are rap battles made for the average person or are they made for hip-hop? Well, when you're talking about the biggest rapper on the planet, that's yeah, that's mainstream news. Well, what's funny is that line Machine Gun Kelly said about your beard is weird. I don't know if you remember when Eminem dissed Donald Trump and BET. But there was a fake line put out, uh, a fake Twitter feed about Donald Trump trying to battle Eminem, and that was actually a line from that Twitter. Your beard is weird. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, but it, see, to me, that, again, not that I had a ton of battle experience, but there would be times where guys would say stuff that is really not very clever. But it connected with the whole crowd. But it connected with the crowd. And you're like, I lost to him? Yeah. I, he I, just I, called yeah. me a poop face. Yeah. You know what I mean? He said my breath stinks. Like, yeah. and the crowd went, "Ooh!" He said your breath stinks. I'm like, "Come on, man! That's like the low hanging fruit." But, like the infamous Juice and Supernatural battle, you remember that one? Mm-hmm. I always thought Juice won it until I watched the video of it, and then I knew why Supernatural won it. You had the crowd win. Like Juice's rhyme schemes were infinitely better. His, you know, everything was just better. But it's like he was too complex yeah. for the crowd in a live setting. Yep. You know what I mean? As as cream plays in the background. Yeah, I, I like I said at the beginning with man, I, I um I had friends of mine who aren't even into rap music sending me Machine Gun Kelly's song. Like, bro, did you see this man? This guy's going at him. <laughs> you know, these same dudes are now big fans of NF, and they're not even necessarily Christian guys. They're right. Just, you know, they just like white rappers, I guess. <laughs> well, there is something to be said about relatability. Yeah. You know, I think it. I think hip hop usually works on either either extremes. Either you go for the guy that's like you, or you go for the thing that's so not like you, it's fascinating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know? It's just, like I said, man, I just think it's real interesting, and, and you know, some of what I saw in Eminem's interview was interesting, because I just really learned through this that culture-wise, culture Eminem really is about the culture of rap music and hip-hop. Right, but he came up in an era where... Where that was important, right. that's the same era we came up in. You know, somebody hit me, they go, after watching Eminem's video, they go, I understand you better. Which one, the interview or...? The interview. Yeah? They go, okay. he goes... They said he, he understood you better? He goes, I told... He goes, he goes, basically goes, you guys are very identical, just with two completely different outcomes. Yeah. What... Well, because you know what no one wants to talk about is is in the era that M came up in, the era we came up in, you being white really wasn't allowed in rap music. No. And when Dre kind of signed off on him, he legitimized white rap. If you want to call that a thing, but I don't think it's a thing. I'm just saying in, in general, like if you want to label it oh, that. No, like, no question. Because up to that point, well, Vanilla Ice had ruined it. Yeah. Well, I think too that black rappers or black artists or producers were the gatekeepers for hip-hop pre-internet. But also the same way white and Jewish guys were the gatekeepers for rock music. You know what I mean? Like, like, like You had to be white and Jewish to be a rock artist? 
No, like the, the, the record industry. <laughs> oh, the record industry. Yeah. Okay. Not the, the not the but like they're gotcha. the gatekeepers in a sense of. Yeah, so you had to you pass had to, through. Like, rock is your thing, and hip hop's our thing. True. There's you know, probably so. some truth to that. I think what's happened is the internet now is the gatekeepers. Yes. So. And the uh, the court of public opinion. Absolutely. It's the reason why, like Charlemagne the God hates Post Malone, but Post Malone has a lot of fans, you know. So. <laughs> and none of any of your podcast guys. You know what the funny thing is? <laughs> no, they'll know. I got I I got some I got some. About Charlemagne? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um. I would say too that um, you just made me remind me of something. I think too though, this is kind of like what I talked about in the Kaepernick thing mm-hmm. with the Nike. Oh man, you did a thing about that. I just I'm dropped glad it today. I did not talk about that. I just dropped and it today, I don't actually. Talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was saying was, whatever you feel about it. Yeah. If you are a Nike fan and a Kaepernick fan, and maybe you haven't bought any shoes lately. You're gonna go run out and buy some sneaks. Mm-hmm. So even a even negative publicity, yeah, I, I, is good publicity. Yeah. You know what I mean? People that if, if Charlemagne hates on Post Malone because of X Y Z, it's gonna make his fans rally around him even more. Because mm-hmm. we are all like music is so tribal. Yep. It's like you got to protect your little chieftain. You know. Yeah, I, I just I just know when we were growing up, and it's funny someone would say I get you better now, but like. We had to be more intricate. We had to be, for lack of a better term, more witty. It was more to prove yourself. But see, that wasn't what he was talking about. He wasn't? No. You know what he said? Because my conversation with him was, the conversation was, he's like, oh, you like hip-hop because it gave your life purpose. I like hip-hop because it was just something cool. Mm -hmm. He goes, it was more than you. Like, music was your escape. Yeah. I I got it. So he was saying that, I don't under. I can't relate to that. Music has never been my escape. Music has never been my way out. Music mm-hmm. has never been a voice for me when I had no voice because he grew up in a good home, mm-hmm. like a very functional home, which you're supposed mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And when M was talking about hip hop, made me feel tough when I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a very honest moment for him. I was like, dude, I could totally relate on mm-hmm. so many levels. You know, and that's what he said when he watched that video. He goes, I finally understand what you meant. When he talked about putting his headphones on to escape yeah. and how, you know, it it was your ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I went to the juvenile detention center a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was talking about, like, here's this culture and I'm explaining it to them. You know what I mean? And where the origins were. And, and the kids were definitely listening. Mm-hmm. But they had no relatability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had no relatability. Well, we were coming up. The culture was really important. Yeah. And we prided ourselves on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is probably why there's an older generation that's really, like, disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. Like, there was a time it was called the Hip Hop Nation. So imagine how some people would be if the nation they grew up in, all of a sudden the entire culture of it died out. And right. And no one really cared. Right. I know that's a bit of a stretch, but that's kind of the thing. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think won? Um, well, again, I go back to what I... No, I go back to what I value in Mm hip-hop. So, as an MC, as a songwriter, as someone who definitely listens lyric first... Now, over time, I certainly am beat and 
hook too. I understand the value of those things too. But I, th- you know what I think changed it is Jay Z and Nas's battle. Yes. Because then it became about wh- who had the better song, and really Drake became the one that changed the whole landscape because they're playing back to back like a club song. Mm-hmm. So then now all battles are judged by popularity too. They're, ju- they're judged by is it a better song, mm-hmm. not who has the better lyrics, which I've always believed. Who has the wittier punchlines? Who has the more complex scheme? Who has the bigger vocabulary? Mm-hmm. Who's rhyming more compact compound words? Not that it always has to be that. Yeah. But and you know you got to be able to say some stuff that's just common things that just sound funny. Like when he said, uh, "It's probably the first battle rap that I heard that I ba- I went back and rewound it again, listened to it twice, back to back." Me too. Just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But he said a couple lines that I literally laughed out loud when he what is it the one I mean the man bun handgun was yeah. to me was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really simple line, mm-hmm. but it's like it, it is kind of funny to be like, yeah, you're dissing yeah, well, me I'd with rather be 80, me, 80 year old me than 20 year old you. I laughed okay. out loud in that too. And and you know what? I'll be honest with you, just to be transparent, as an older guy, yeah. Listen, I I'm rooting for the older dude because yeah. anything I've heard them say about Eminem I've heard it say about me. Oh, you're too old. You're irrelevant. Why are you still doing it? You know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never really understood. Now I don't really understand. I get why people go, oh, it's like, you know, it's like calling somebody ugly. Can't really change that. I guess you get plastic surgery, but you call somebody old. It's like, what do you want them to do about it? Mm-hmm. You can't change that you're old. Yeah, that's true. Wait, like, how can I change that? Yeah, I'm old. What do you want me to do? Like, turn back the hands of time? I can't change that. Now, you could be a better rapper, that's for sure. I just find it funny that hip-hop seems to be the only genre that's so obsessed with age. You got rock stars that are still rock stars in their 60s right. and 70s. Well, still selling out arena. Like, dude, you're not going to see an Adele fan when she's 50. You're like, you're old. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, <laughs> well, you know what I think that is? I think that's because we're such a young genre. Yeah. And it was a genre started by young people. So we're Star Trek, you know what I mean? Like we've never been in this part as a genre before. But I think part of that also is street culture where it is always about the new thing, you know what I mean? As I literally sit here getting a an edge up that I don't really necessarily need. <laughs> so I'm just as bad. You know what I mean? You know? Mm-hmm. We're all pretty hypocritical in that area yeah. that's for sure you know I just think it was a breath of fresh air within the rap genre yeah it's been a while and it, it just it made it interesting again you know it is kind of like sports in the sense of be like dude why doesn't Brady retire mm-hmm. he's 40 but it's like dude if you're still dominant at that position over a 20 year old yeah why would you have to retire you're yeah. still throwing touchdowns you know what I mean? And one, one thing I noticed too, it's got there's kids in here that I really don't have anything in common with them as far as the music they like, but now we have something to talk about. And it's, it's, it's <laughs> thank you Eminem for bridging the gap. But it's, no, it's between between old man Jenkins <laughs> and and little so and so. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just cool because you know everyone's listening. Like these two kids came in last week and they're in a rap group, and the kids are like 19 and 21, and and 
you know, they were all upset because Mac Miller just died, which is a whole other thing to talk about. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. Um, you know, Mac Miller gave me hope that the, that all new rappers wouldn't suck. <laughs> that is interesting because a Mac Miller is an interesting bridge between the two generations, if yes. you think about it, because he came out rocking over Diamond D beats mm-hmm. and uh, really golden era type production, yeah. and then you know, then he branched out into other stuff, but yeah. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on in rap music right now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the opioid stuff is a whole new yeah, epidemic. Yep. You know what I mean? Because people are combining it with other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's sad because he just released a record and it's doing real well. And yeah, I don't know, man. That whole thing sucks. It bothered me for a good two days, man. That he what? I mean, were you really even into his music like that? I was not. Um, it bothered you what that he died young? Yeah, just like it just goes to you know back to the genre we represent, like the Christ Center genre. It just shows that you can have everything and still be hollow. And there he is, twenty six years old, dying of a drug overdose. Where the whole rest? I mean, he was. I think when when the year after the song Donald Trump came out, he was voted like richest independent rapper ever. Yeah, yeah. So he like, broke the re- he broke a it, bunch of records. Yeah. And then the look that here it is, what five years later and. He's dead. It's just sad, man. Right. Well, I don't think people think. I don't think he, people think he thought he took his life. No, I don't. It was think, just a careless, carelessness with the drugs. But but, but, still, but then you're like, well, why do you need drugs yeah, exactly. if you're successful? But I think a lot of guys too. They start to remember that. Remember the uh, the tribe called Quest line. I need a Philly before I get loose. Money. Money please, money. I can lose off orange juice. juice. Which I think drugs can become sort of like yeah. a muse. Yeah. And you feel like, oh, I can't. You know, I made this music on drugs, so I got to keep taking yeah. drugs to keep making this music. You know, I think he said that he suffered from depression. Yes. So it's like know, everybody suffers from depression these days. And some, yeah. You know, did you ever watch the Rhythm Roulette? No. You ever heard of that? No, what's that? Rhythm Roulette is this thing uh, by Mass Appeal, where they blindfold a producer and they have them. Oh, and they have to make a beat. They have to make a beat out of three records. Yes. Well, uh, Mac Miller did one. Gotcha. And. Um, he was just blitzed the whole time. And it was really sad to watch that. But I feel like you're right. He felt like he had to be stoned out of his mind or high to be creative. And, like, he was somewhat normal when he went to the record store. And by the end of the production, you're like, this dude is just bent. Like, yeah. it was sad. It is kind of sad. Yeah. Jesus is the answer, y'all. <laughs> I know it sounds cliche. Stay, stay away from drugs. <laughs> I don't mean that. I usually joke, but I actually do mean that. Yeah. It's, it is kind of... Anyway, 35 minutes, that was a pretty good podcast. Yep. We uh, sort of chased our tail, but that's the best podcast. That was a good conversation. Oh, yeah. By the way, buy our freaking album. <laughs> About time. Can't survive off these micro pennies. Well, yeah. Stream my freaking album. I'm just yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. God bless.